second. Three, two, one. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Double Podcast Friday. It's June 26, 2021. And I am back with a new guest and a new guest. Um, so I'm going to have Marty Marin of Tufts talk to you a little bit about who else is on the screen with us and why you need to know who this is. Afternoon, Marty. Good afternoon, Lisa, for this double podcast or double, I guess, podcast. Yeah, double podcast, right? Um, did you share the good news? I shared it earlier, but I'll take the opportunity to share it again. It's a double day, so share it again. It's a, it's a double day. Yes, it is. I am the proud great aunt of Xander uh, Lawrence, my great nephew, born to my nephew, John and his beautiful wife, Kim, at 1119 today. My sister, Lori, would have been a grandma today. Big day. Yep. That's awesome. Congratulations. And uh, I'm sure everybody's doing well. They are. Great. Well, thanks for the opportunity uh, today uh, to have the uh, chance to uh, introduce somebody really important uh, for us. Um, and when I mean us, I mean the Tufts HCM program and also for the HCM community of patients as well. And uh, that's Mike Robich, who is uh, Dr. Mike Robich, who is with me today on the Zoom call. He's in his office at Tufts. Uh, Mike, before we get to Mike, actually, I'm going to get right back to Mike for one second, but I'm going to just take one step back and say, uh, first, for those that are out there listening that, um, you know, may be patients of ours or, or going to be patients of ours, I wanted to uh, tell everybody that um, Hassan Rastegar, who has been our senior surgeon for myectomies now for almost 17 years at Tufts, is still operating. Um, he's still going strong. Um, and uh, I wanted to say that, you know, I want to take this opportunity to just say that personally, I'm incredibly grateful uh, to have had the chance to work with Hassan so closely over these last 17 years. He's done an incredible job um, at performing the myectomy at the highest surgical level period. Um, and uh, we believe we have the best outcomes um, because of him. And um, we are personally, and I think the patients that he's operated on are indebted to him uh, for his passion and continued excellence at, 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 at providing the opportunity to um, do the myectomy in Boston at, at that level for so long. So I wanted to just say thank you first to, to Hassan. He couldn't join us uh, because he actually he's on vacation, to be honest, um, and uh, he doesn't get that many breaks. So we want to give him a break. So he uh, couldn't join us today, but I wanted to just uh, first start by saying he's still going strong and we're forever thankful and grateful for all the hard work he's done up to this point in time. Um, on that note, I have to say that I am incredibly, incredibly excited uh, to introduce uh, Mike Robich to everybody. Um, Mike is uh, an incredibly great guy. Uh, I've got to know him over the last several months. 
And, uh, you know, he's just an incredibly great guy to start with. And he's an incredibly talented cardiac surgeon with an enormous passion for HCM and the myectomy. And he's going to talk a little bit himself about that. But um, when I first met him, it was very clear from the first five seconds um, that this was somebody who I could see continuing to elevate the surgical operation uh, for us and for patients into the next decade and beyond. He, 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 he's the, he, he knew, you know, you just get that right from him. And so I couldn't be more thrilled that uh, we were able to have Mike join us at Tufts. And Mike's career uh, began uh, at Ohio University. And then he went to, I believe, Wright State for School of Medicine. And then he went to Beth Israel in Boston. So we've got some Boston connections before coming here. Beth Israel in Boston for his surgery, general surgery training. And then Mike obtained his thoracic, cardiothoracic surgery training at Cleveland Clinic, which is, uh, as he's going to tell you, uh, is, is, is where he was introduced, obviously, uh, in a real way to HCM and the myectomy operation. Um, having the chance, as, as I said, as he'll explain, to have the uh, mentorship while he was there uh, with Nick Madeira, who many listening in the HCM audience know, or maybe even were operated on by for their myectomy. And if that was where the, the Mike's engagement really with, with, with HCM and the myectomy began and um, his understanding of the operation and his ability to start performing the operation at Cleveland and then he, uh, after graduating that training program, went to Maine Medical in Portland, in Portland, Maine for, I think it was about five years, Mike, wasn't that right? About five? Yep. And um, has just joined us um, really over the last couple of months at, at Tufts in Boston from, from Maine, where he continued to perform the myectomy operation. Maine actually has a small HCM program led by Joe White there and. Um, Joe White and Mike worked closely on, on taking care of patients and operating on them and did a great job with that. And now he's here and um, couldn't be more excited to have the opportunity to go forward and work so closely with Mike Robich. So Mike, maybe Lisa, would this, I think what, what I'd like to do is have Mike maybe um, introduce himself too, obviously, um, at this point. Is that okay? I think that's an excellent idea. All right, Mike, it's, tell us about you a little bit. Well, thank you, Marty. I, thank you so much for that, that very generous uh, introduction. I, I really appreciate that very much. And Lisa, thank you so much for, for having us on today. Um, I just want to say that I, I, I've been looking at the new website <laughs> and it's nice. Uh, very fun. Um, that's fantastic. Um, it's a Mike, pleasure. That's the best way to get on Lisa's good side right there. You just told her how much you love the website. You can it's stop awesome. now. That was good. Thanks, Mike. Uh, that was Mike. Um, <laughs> that's we want to hear about the kind of thing. Right, right, right. That's, that's a right. really good way to start with Lisa. So it's great to be here, and it's great to be a part of the Tufts team. Um, and as you mentioned, my 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 path is is interesting in how you get to or how I got to HCM and the septomyectomy. Um, back in way up, um, I was born in the Midwest, uh, raised in uh, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, 
um, and a little time in Mexico City, Mexico. My my father was in the automotive industry, and so we moved a whole bunch growing up. Um, and as Marty said, I, I did some of my training in Boston and really fell in love with the East Coast at that point. Um, and and I've told the story before, but you know, my, my mom was a nurse. Um, and so when I was a little kid, I used to flip through the, the, uh, pages of her, uh, the nursing textbooks and look at the anatomy pictures and all that. And, and that's sort of where I got my interest in medicine. And, um, when I was a first year medical student, I spent, uh, two weeks, uh, with a cardiac surgeon, um, this guy named George Brown. And, I found out at that point that I love cardiac surgery and no matter what I tried to do to try to like other things or do other things, this was the path for me. Um, so as Marty said, I, I um, uh, did my general surgery training at the Beth Israel Deaconess in Boston um, and did two years in the lab with Frank Selke, who's a um, basic science cardiac, basic scientist cardiac surgeon um, and worked a lot on myocardial metabolism and sort of working at the cellular level, which, um, you know, as we'll probably talk about later is some of the great opportunities here at Tufts uh, to, to continue that work with Mike Chin um, and, and his group. But um, at any rate, after I finished in, in at the Beth Israel Deaconess, I went over to the Cleveland Clinic where I spent three years uh, learning how to be a heart surgeon. Um, it was a phenomenal opportunity. Um, and Nick Smadera was my mentor there, my, my advisor, my mentor. Um, and so I spent a lot of time with him um, doing myectomy operations, watching, learning from him. Uh, we wrote a couple book chapters together and um, would have these sort of Friday afternoon powwow sessions where he would uh, give me a project, you know, some question to look at, and I'd go dig through literature, and then we'd discuss uh, the ins and outs of things. So Nick was just an incredible influence on me, and he, he's a wonderful person, a phenomenal surgeon, um, really just just fantastic. Um, after that, I, I, I moved to Maine and started my independent cardiac surgery practice, uh, where I was doing all kinds of things to start off, a fair bit of heart failure surgery. Um, but over time, really started to focus in more on structural heart disease and um, was doing a lot of mitral valve surgery, um, was doing 50 to 60 mitral valve operations a year. Um, and Joe White approached me and you know said, hey, I know you trained at Cleveland Clinic. Um, I'd like to you know, partner with somebody to, to do high level um, myectomy surgery. And of course I was very interested uh, in that. And uh, Joe is a, an excellent cardiologist, very thoughtful, very, um, he, he really takes the disease seriously and, and, and we worked very well together. It was, it was a very nice partnership uh, to work with him. So I started doing myectomy in Maine uh, certainly nothing at the level, you know, the, the volume that Hassan has done over the years, but I was doing the operation um, in addition to my, my, my valve practice. Um, and then I had an interest in sort of coming back to the academic world. And uh, I had known Fred Chen, who's the chief of cardiac surgery here at Tufts, 
uh, for many years. He used to be at the Brigham, which is right across the street from the Beth Israel Deaconess. So we've, we knew each other for, for many years. And I reached out to him and um, he offered me this opportunity uh, to come down and, and learn about the HCM program and, and really come in to, to study under Hassan. And, um, you know, as, as Hassan moves towards retirement at some point uh, to carry the program forward. Um, and that has been an, an absolutely huge opportunity for me. I am passionate about HCM. Um, I am passionate about, you know, Hassan's practice in very thin septum uh, myectomy. And um, I'm very excited to, to be sort of embarking on this role uh, right now. So I'm going to pause there and say, you know, doing a myectomy has been likened to, to me from other cardiac surgeons to more of an art than a surgery. That there's so much that has to do with understanding the imaging and using your imagination in a sense to decide where and how deep and when to cut and to really be able to be an artist and reshape that ventricle. Um, it's something that takes a long time to learn and do well. And you've had one amazing teacher and now you have a second. And every, I think every surgeon has their own little zhuzh that they put on myectomy and the way that they use the knife, the way that they cut. And if you learn from the master, you have a chance of being the next master. You're learning from two masters. You're lucky. We're stuck with you and you're stuck with us. So <laughs> dive in, baby. <laughs> I love it, Lisa. And you couldn't be more right. Um, it, it is very much an art. And as I started, you know, started performing these operations in Maine, I, I, I really became uh, enamored with it, with the art of it all. And um, comparing how Nick does it to Hassan, do, how Hassan does it. And I've watched videos of how Hartzell Shaft does it. And so you can really see some of that, the, the individualism, but, but, but at the end of the day, performing a very safe, effective operation is the key for sure. Mm. So what are, other than myectomy, are you doing anything else cardiac surgery wise at Tufts? That's one of the questions we've been asked on Facebook. Absolutely. So um, a lot of my focus is on valve surgery. I've continued, continued to do sort of high volume mitral valve surgery, which is, as Joe White, you know, had said that oftentimes to be a good uh, myectomy surgeon, you should be a good mitral surgeon, understanding that interaction between the mitral valve and the septum um, is important. And I know there's, um, there's variable uh, opinions on what to do with the mitral valve throughout the country and throughout the world. Um, but I, I like to think that having comfort with the mitral valve gives you uh, tools to do what needs to be done for each individual patient. How is it different? So you're doing, um, let me answer that question first and then I'll get on to my, uh, my question. So you're doing mitral surgery. I'm, I'm sure they throw you some bypasses here and there and the other kinds of basic cardiac surgery, um, but that ex that's how you spend your day with mitral valves, coronary artery disease, and HCM. Mm -hmm. okay. Yep. Gotcha. So 
up in Maine, you had one passionate person about HCM, and I know Joe's history, and I think I met him at the summit. Um, so uh, you were there, and now you're immersed in a full HCM program. What's it like to work with the full team? I really like it. I mean, Marty and Barry and Ethan have been incredibly welcoming. Um, it's fun to be around people that this is their passion, you know, uh, this is what they live for. Um, and it's fun to talk about things that are at a, at a higher level, you know, at, at high level research questions for high level uh, patient management. And, and, you know, to be honest, the entire team is, is absolutely expert. The echo techs who take the echoes and uh, the cardiologists and the, the, APPs, the NPs that we have in the office are, are just phenomenal. And it's really cool just to see when everybody is really an expert. It's very cool. Marty, did that work for you? <laughs> That's a good answer, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. No, but Mike's actually, you know, 100% right. And, and, and it, 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 you know, we have the same, you know, feeling about, you know, having a surgeon like Mike, who's passionate and, and focused on, on the myectomy and wanting to to you know, carry the torch on. Um, you know, we, we've already had. You know, it creates an energy. As Mike said, it kind of creates this energy. You know, where you know you can come together. And he's already done that. He's come down. He comes down a lot to the office, to the ATM center, and he um, kind of talks to us about the disease. And 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 we're starting to talk about cases now, and we're bouncing ideas off each other. And um, you know, it's just, it, it, it's the right way to do this. You know, I mean, that's the bottom line. It's the right way to do this. It's the, it's, it's the right kind of environment for all of us to grow and become better, you know, in a way at, 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 at taking care of patients with this disease. When you have that kind of team around you with everybody focused on the same goals and, and having the same passions about learning. So it's, it's, it's really, really great um to find that kind of match which which you know i think is not so easy to do and we we were thrilled we we found that with mike so it's great so the one thing that i'm taken with is the surgeon is a a critical aspect to a high quality comprehensive hcm program right no surgeon you're shipping out to somebody else who can do it and that's not always what we want to see for patients, but sometimes it's the best thing. In this case, you know, uh, Hassan is, is not retired yet. He's got a ways to go to the finish line, but you were proactive and you brought somebody in earlier, um, which just for patients to understand is not always the most cost sensitive thing a hospital system can do is bring somebody in earlier to train them up. Sometimes they let that gap be a little too close because it, it's costly they invested and they brought somebody in earlier so that he could have the opportunity to learn more. And I think that says a lot about the program and the institution. Um, you know, we have this happening in a couple of other centers as well. They see people heading towards retirement and they are acting earlier rather than trying to be reactive after the fact. So I'm really pleased to hear that they brought him in early. You've been there since April, right? Yep. That's correct, Lisa. Yep. April Fool's Day. I remember you told me you start on April 1st. I'm like, you sure you're right. going to do that? Are you sure it's not a joke? Um, so that's, uh, that's how I'm going to remember it. 
So you've been there a couple months, you're getting your feet wet and it's time to start, you know, getting involved in some of the bigger questions. So I'll open it up to questions. If anybody has anything from the Facebook community, uh, we have a little crowd with us today. So if any, lots of people are saying, hi, we've got the UK, we've got Michigan, we've got all pe people from all over the country checking in right now. But if anybody has any specific questions, you can post them now. I'm going to, I'm going in for the questions now. So are you a myectomy, let's play with the mitral valve or let's not touch the mitral valve kind of guy? I, I am a, um, let's, let's play with the mitral valve when it needs to be played with kind of guy. Um, I, I've noticed as, as I've been hanging out with Hassan that doing the very thin septum myectomies, um, the 11, 12 millimeter um, uh, myectomies that the mitral valve seems to be more in play there. And, and I think there is a role to sort of for, for us as a, as, as a group of clinicians to figure out what role is the mitral valve playing and, and how, can we, how can we sort of come to some consensus on this? So I always try to explain to people that obstruction probably has two mechanisms. Either the septum's pushing itself into the mitral valve or the mitral valve is pushing itself into the septum. And to know which, which is the, the team that leads them to you, helps you plan the surgery. Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes it, it can throw you off a little bit. It's not exactly what you thought by the imaging, but generally speaking, you can tell which is which. So you can decide what your approach is gonna be when you guys get in there. And uh, you always have either Marty or Ethan, I'm guessing, in reading the TEE during the procedure. Yep, that is absolutely right. And um, yeah, in, in pre-op, you know, sitting, looking at the, the cardiac MRI and the, the, the pre-op TEE or imaging that we have um, gives us a pretty good sense of, of what's going on. And it, it makes for a nice discussion talking about each patient and, and what we need to do uh, to make it better. That's fantastic. And I think, right. I think it's just to say one of the things. So I think, you know, for, for those listening too, I think that one point, and, and, and this is actually something that Mike and I literally were just sort of talking about is that, look, I think one of the things that I've learned, you know, working with Hassan over the last 17 years and being in the operating room on a lot of cases is that there are probably multiple different ways of eliminating obstruction in one patient from a surgical strategy standpoint. Okay. In other words, there are clearly different paths to the top of the mountain. Okay. And we see that in a way from terms of the different centers, the expert centers, surgeons kind of giving different views on how they, you know, how they approach the operation, maybe with one different surgeons, you know, are more aggressive at taking more muscle out and hardly ever, you know, touch the mitral valve. You know, other surgeons, you know, almost always like to, to manipulate the valve in some way in addition to the myectomy. So I think that because the anatomy is so diverse here and, and, and there are different ways of achieving the, the result that everybody wants, you know, I think Mike, Mike's already started to develop his style, but his style may ultimately be a little bit different than Rostegar's. And, and that's okay, as long as, of course, we get to that top of the mountain, which we're going to, it may be just a different way of getting there. And so that's, 
I think that's important for everybody to realize. I don't think there's one exact way for sure to do the operation. I could not agree more. Um, we have a, a number of different, very specialized techniques that each surgeon kind of perfects on their own because it's what feels natural to them and they get good exactly. outcomes. Exactly. And I, I think the concepts are similar. Typically wider myectomies than a trough, then typically trying to make sure that that mitral valve is setting in the right spot. Right. <clears throat> you know, all of those things, how you get to the end game is not quite as important as getting to the end game. That's right. That's okay. right. Consistently so, uh, reliably. That's right. Um, you know, I'm an ounce distracted today and I will ask for forgiveness, not permission, because I know John's watching. Look, there's daddy and baby. <laughs> precious, precious. John, good for John, good form there, bro. That's good <laughs> for the first day. There you go. So <laughs> I'm like getting all teary here while we're talking and I'm trying to manage questions and maybe pictures. Uh, Rachel says, hello, Marty. Um, you know who that is. I don't need last names there. Um, so there you go. Say hi to Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Right. We have a quiet crowd on a Friday afternoon because we're not typically tuning in at this hour for a podcast, and we didn't announce it until about 24 hours ago, maybe a little longer. So um, what I'm going to say is this. Your new podcast is going to live on your new page at the HCMA website, so people will see this when they start to learn about Tufts. So that's going to be linked over there probably by next week. Right. as well as links to all of the podcasts that you and I do, Marty, on a regular basis, um, as well as the Big Hearted Warrior Tour pieces and all of that. So um, while I've got you here, if there's any publications you would like to put on your page, you just email them over to us now and we will put them up on the page um, and any research that you want to do. So we'll give you a form for that. Doing a little business on the side here, peeps, during podcast. Okay, Mike, is there anything else the HCM community needs to know about you? Well, I'll tell you, Lisa, again, I, I am very excited to be a part of Tufts. I'm excited to be a part of the community. Um, I want to be involved. You know, as Marty and I have talked about, research is going to be a big part of it. Um, I know that, um, you know, there, there's there's been a, a push to find centers, to make centers of excellence. We will certainly continue performing at that level. And um you know, I think one of the things that I like to work on is, is, is make, make the process even smoother for patients. You know, when they need to, if they need to travel to Tufts, um, need to come into Boston, we're going to work to make it a, a nice, um, smooth and efficient process. Um, and, and I'm committed to, to making things, making things good and, and being a part of this team. I'm excited. I am too. We have a question from the community and then I have a really important question that I'll save till last. Um, how many people are in an OR when a myectomy is going on? How many doctors, nurses, technicians? How many people are in that little room? That's a great question. So for, for the myectomy, we have the, the cardiac anesthesiologists, and they are specialized in taking care of people with complex heart disease. So they're not just, you know, regular anesthesiologists. They have a lot of extra training. Um, obviously, either, you know, Ethan or Marty are in there. Um, and then I have my scrub techs. And they're the ones that have the instruments and, and hand them to me. And, and I have some, some fantastic people who, 
I trust completely. They know the operation as well as I do. Um, but this, the scrub tech is critically important. The PA is the assistant. So also very important for providing the exposure. I mean, this is a, a team effort like you've never seen. Um, the next is the perfusionist who runs the heart lung machine. They're specially trained to do that. Um, and, um, and then th there's a circulating nurse who's around to get, you know, if we need things, uh, they can go get them and bring them to the room and all that. So that's, that's the basic team. And uh, there's incredible communication amongst everybody to make sure that each operation is successful. So on average, there's seven plus people in that room watching that one patient, making sure everything is done properly, making sure perfusion is done. I always tease people that if they're conscious when they go into the OR, say hi to the perfusionist and make sure they're happy because they're kind of important. Um, I did that when I had my heart transplant. I'm like, no, let me stay awake. I'm like, who's the perfusionist? She looks at me like over here. I'm like, thank you. Nobody talks to you. I'm saying thank you. Um, she still remembers that. So um, we've got that. So Diane, I hope that answered your question on average seven. No other questions pending there. So here's the real question. When patients that I've been working with for 20 years go to see Nick Smadira, he likes peanut M&Ms. He gets a lot of peanut M&Ms because everybody brings him a bag of peanut M&Ms because once I said he liked peanut M&Ms. Yeah. Mike, how does somebody win your heart? <laughs> I'm more of the, uh, the sour kind of guy. I, I like the, uh, the sweet tarts, the sour patch kids. Um, the chewy, the gummy bears, that's, those are my weakness. Okay. I love them. Y'all heard it here first. And now anybody at Tufts who wants gummy bears or whatever else, when his myectomy volume starts to pick up, they're going to be in his office because everybody's going to bring them. So we've got that. Marty, any parting words? I think Mike said it really well just there. I mean, I think we're, we're incredibly, everybody's on the same page. Um, we're incredibly enthusiastic and excited and and uh for mike and and to have joined the team and to grow the program even more and both clinically and from a research standpoint we're going to be focusing on both of those um and we're going to continue to deliver the highest level of care for this disease um from a surgical standpoint with mike and uh we are going to look forward to many years of that with him so I think that's, that's, that, those are my parting words. I think we are in a new, a new day where yep. the next generation is certainly stepping up yep. and well-prepared, well-trained and ready to make their mark on HCM care. So Mike, on behalf of the community, I welcome you. You can't yep. run away now. It's podcast official. <laughs> so you're in dude, you're in. Any parting words from you? Nope. I appreciate everything, Lisa. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. So I really appreciate it. And we'll be here. Fantastic. And I'm going to say goodbye, pack up my things for the weekend, and head to the hospital to see a baby. Congratulations. It sounds like yeah, fun. It's coming, Xander. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for everybody who's listening. This has been Tales from the Heart, a podcast from the HCMA, and you can pick it up wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take care, Mike. Thank you for listening to Tales from the Heart. For more information on HCM, we encourage you to visit our website at 4hcm.org. 
Join us online for the conversation on our Facebook page or in our private group. Facebook page can be found at Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Association. And our Instagram handle is at 4HCM Warriors. That's the number 4HCM Warriors. Follow us on Twitter at 4HCM.org. For those members of the LinkedIn community, you may want to follow the conversation on the Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Association group. Join us today. To contact the Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Association, you can call 973-983-7429. You can email us at support at 4hcm.org or visit us online at our website 4hcm.org and send us an email from there. The Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Association is located in New Jersey and operates on East Coast time. We would like to thank our sponsors, Myocardia, Invitae, Boston Scientific, and Cytokinetics for their support of this program. The HCMA is partnering with Myocardia, 23andMe, and others to help learn more about hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Learn more about these initiatives at 4HCM.org. Invitae, a genetic testing company and a sponsor of Tales from the Heart, is proud to provide free genetic testing to families with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Please learn more at 4HCM.org. Hey, we know life with HCM can be challenging, and support is critical. That's why the HCMA has created an online support group system to help you and your loved ones live better with HCM. Join us. The HCMA is seeking volunteers on a number of different projects, including our online support group system, our peer-to-peer, big-hearted friend system, and our legislative subcommittee. Please visit 4HCM.org to learn more today.